Hi, my name is Scott Strickhardt. I'm the localization producer for Yakuza, and you are listening to Sega Lounge. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, a podcast dedicated to our love for all things Sega, be it the games, the music, or the community. I'm KC. In each episode, I'll be talking to different guests and sharing their projects and their passion for Sega. Hello and welcome to the Sega Lounge podcast, sharing interesting conversations with people from all around the Sega universe. And welcome to the final stretch of the current season of the show. This is actually the first of not two, but three episodes we're putting out this week. Yes, there's a third bonus episode coming out soon, but I'll talk about that at the end of the show, so stick around for that. However, before we talk about this show, I wanted to mention an event the Sega Lounge is very proud to be a part of. Radio Sega's Winterfest. Back in 2014, me and the rest of the Radio Sega crew put together a community-wide event spanning a whole weekend and invited not only Radio Sega's in-house show hosts, but people from other fan sites, community radio stations, and musicians. I've since stepped down as organizer, but Green Viper has been doing a terrific job bringing back Winterfest every year and even expanding on its original idea, as is the case with the 2020 edition. This time, shows are spread out through four days, starting on Friday, December 18th at 5pm GMT, and going all the way till Monday, December 21st after 10pm GMT. It's going to be lots of fun, and there will be loads of prizes to win for those listening in live. Also, the Sega Lounge will be a part of the festivities with the preview of our season finale on Monday, December 21st from 6pm GMT. As a reminder, the radio version of the show, albeit shorter in interview content, is also the only way to listen to our guests' musical picks. For more information on Radio Sega's Winterfest 2020, head over to radiose.ga forward slash Winterfest. And now on to this week's first guest, the one that is featured on this episode. This week, I'm thrilled to be joined by Scott Strickhart, localization producer of the Yakuza series at Sega of America. If you listen to our bonus summer episodes, you may remember a talk I had with Scott back in 2018 on another show, which you should definitely go listen to if you want even more detail into his video game experiences. This time, however, it was great to have him on for the full lounge experience. Listen as he discusses working closely with RGG Studio and the process behind localizing Yakuza Like a Dragon and much more. We'll also find out if he is indeed worthy of his Twitter bio title of Patriarch of the Yakuza Localization Family in another challenge that is not for the faint of heart. Hello, Scott. Welcome to the Sega Lounge. Hello. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. I really, really appreciate being here. Thank you very much for, for dropping by. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, we, we've talked a couple of years ago, not on this show, but on a, an, a different Radio Sega show. We talked about Yakuza 6 at the time and Yakuza Kiwami. Both were coming out uh, soon after. Um, so, but now we, we have like more time. We have, we have the, the show, all, the entire show dedicated to you. So it's, wow. it's going to be great. What an honor. <laughs> it's, it's my it honor, like but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually, it was, I, I think I was looking at it April, 2018, I think. Well, that time doesn't exist. Uh, no, no. <laughs> what happened between then and now? <laughs> right. Yeah. So things are certainly very different, even uh, in regards to the Yakuza series as well. Things have evolved a lot since then. 
But before we, we get into that, would you like to, uh, and you, uh, you told me a little bit about your history with games before, but would you like to briefly tell me how you got into video games and how you got into the video game industry? Sure. I mean, I've been doing this now for 13 years, which is crazy to me, but um, that was 2007. I applied at, uh, for a localization tester job at Atlas USA. And um, funny that it all kind of comes full circle because after going through Atlas and becoming an editor and becoming a lead and leaving Atlas to go to level five, where I helped produce some of their Western titles, localizations, and then going to Square Enix in a marketing role for a couple of years, and then going back to essentially Atlas Sega, um, in 2015 to lead Yakuza. So um, that's the short version. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excellent. Uh, were you a big gamer before you got into the industry? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I've been, the, I was one of those kids that got a Nintendo in second grade and had my eyes open to the world of possibilities of video games. And I've never looked back, you know? Mm -hmm. Was that like a dream for you to get into the to making video games oh absolutely you know as a as a kid you don't think it's necessarily possible because like oh all those all those games that i love are made in japan and how would i ever accomplish that <laughs> only to realize that you know there's there's a need for uh, localization which is um all kind of done out here or you know not all but you know a good portion of it is done out here which is great for people like me so um mm -hmm. getting to work with our uh japanese creators and all these people of such renown, you know, Nagoshi-san, and uh, not to mention all the people I've gotten to work with in the past, uh, who I have, you know, have such admiration for that um, it is definitely a dream come true to have done it this long. Excellent. That's great. That's great. Good on you for, you know, uh, accomplishing your dream. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So um, let's talk a little bit about what a, a localization producer is, by the way. So you say you're a localization producer of the Yakuza series. Um, it's important for people to understand that localizing games is not translating them per se, right? Sure, yeah. As a producer, um, you know, it's the entire Western version is my responsibility. It's not like I'm just put in the text and say, go, you know, I have to manage everything from the from the text to the voice to the to the the, the the plan the budgets and you know it's it's a, it's a lot of work but where my heart lies is obviously in in making really good english sounding text and making taking what uh japan kind of gives us and and making that really sing in our language um so there's there's uh, yeah, like you say you know saying that it's it's more than just translation is tip of the iceberg but um it's man it's it's, it's hard to even talk about like where do you start <laughs> What don't you do, right? Right. right. <laughs> so, uh, is it is it like um, a, a bigger challenge than? Do you consider it a bigger challenge than to just translate something to localize oh. it? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, localization is a higher demand in that you you know a translation is a mechanical. This is this word takes goes to that word, and that's sort of this uh, kind of. Like I say, you know, it's mechanical. You just you can you can have a machine translate it, and that still qualifies as a translation, whether it's good or bad, right? But when mm -hmm. you have to localize something, it, there's an insistence that it be good, that, that it be uh, relevant to the to the target language. And you know, where for something like Yakuza, where we, which is so deeply seated in Japanese culture, that you know we have to find the perfect way to bridge Japanese culture with American English and. Uh, not not only like not alienate new players with you know this world of culture, but to kind of invite them to to see it and uh, you know make it enjoyable in in a way that you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> you have to make it make sense as well, right? So it's a battle between um, authenticity and clarity, right? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, there's 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 something that to be said for something that is authentically Japanese, but also makes sense in English, and that's where we come in and really have to smooth it out, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, excellent, excellent. You got involved with uh, the Yakuza series, so when you got back to, uh, or shortly after you got back to Atlas, right? You got involved Correct. with Yakuza 0, if I'm not mistaken, from the, our last yes. interview. Yeah. That was my um, first title, Yakuza Your first title. Since then, I guess you pretty much worked on all of them, 
or all the mainline Yakuza games because of the remasters? Or not really? I did not work on the remasters. Uh, that oh. was uh, John Reisenbach who took lead on the on the remasters because I was busy working on Judgment. Um, oh. It's been a constant problem where we're just rolling into the next game as we finish one game. You know, there's no there's no <laughs> downtime, you know, because we're uh, for, for the longest time, we were literally behind by years. And, you know, there's still, dare I say, it's some spinoffs we haven't done. You know, I mean, there's just there's no shortage. You, of you, things you don't do. say you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but but OK, but so you, you, you didn't get to work on the remasters. After right. All. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. I was sort of just watching that happen and mm. saying go for it man you know do what you gotta do and i helped a little bit on y5's cutscenes, but that's about it okay okay excellent but still my question was and i think still applies ever since you uh got introduced you, i remember you telling me you had like two months to play the whole series before you got into you got thrown into yakuza zero to work on it properly right is that correct absolutely I came in and there was a stack of video games on my desk with the instructions to play them. And I got through uh, the original PS2 games plus uh, all the way through four because five was just now come, just then coming out uh, all before all from between October and December of 2015. And then as soon as Y5 dropped, I got through that to the end. And uh, I mean, I've never did it, done such a complete 180 on, on a franchise in my life, you know, coming to coming mm -hmm. into the franchise, believing Kind of what it had been set up uh, as this like you know, hardcore gangster drama that's you know intense and gritty, and then realizing part the series has and how much of it, how much the narrative mattered, and it was so so eye opening, you know. Oh, so you were uh, under the impression that it was like as m many people still think, I, I guess, the Japanese GTA, right? Right, which is you couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> exactly, no, it is not GTA, and that's that's a common misconception. That I mean, to be honest, we didn't help with the uh, the way that we marketed and the way that we kind of talked about the game from out of out of Sega prior to kind of changing hands with Y Five Y Zero. But you know, I think that in the time since then, we've certainly opened a lot of eyes too. That to say that well, actually, this is nothing like G Japanese GTA, and there's this whole fan base around this now who knows that which is super cool mm -hmm. yeah and so from that point when you so like five years ago right so that's crazy when you look back yeah crazy uh from in in these five years a lot has changed you mentioned the fan base so it's you know there's a, a an ever-growing group of people who are very passionate about the the yakuza series who know yeah. the games very well who love them um, how do you think your work and your team's work on localizing these more recent games uh, helped in achieving that? Just putting them in English in a timely fashion. I mean, I don't take it much or any credit for uh, the work that RGG does. They're, they're the ones building the game, the ones putting everything together and making it funny and good. What we're doing is taking that and honoring what they've done in English. You know, I mean... Yes, we have. Our, we kind of give it our own identity sometimes to, that we feel is comparable to what you're playing in in the Japanese version. If you didn't have English, but um, I take no credit for that. <laughs> you're a humble man. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, have you um, in in recent years and with these most recent titles, uh, have you gotten more involved with the development process? in any way or is it just like you got you get the finished product and you have to localize it we've gotten like over the years we've certainly built a, a rapport with them i mean we've gotten to know them better it's not just some fresh localization team that's taking over this game every time it's been me working on the last six games and so um as we've kind of caught up we've been starting earlier and earlier we're starting to localize the games long before they're out of development and Even though, you know, I, I draw the line kind of specifically, you know, we're not influencing development. We're not here to tell them how to build games. We simply kind of look at um, the the text as it kind of comes in and, and ask questions about it. But we also kind of weigh in on like, you know, that that's not to say that the, uh, the localization team is specifically responsible for this, but they, they listen to critical response. They listen to fans. They listen to, you know, Westerners too, in, in the sense that what succeeded and what didn't, you know, I mean, 
that's mm-hmm. a, that's an important part of, of game development for any for any game developer. So uh, that's not to say that the West doesn't have its influence. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, from the the fan perspective, from the fan point of view, which I am, um, it feels like uh, there's a bigger sense of what works and what doesn't work in the West. Uh, you know, by them now than there was a few years ago. So they're more open, it seems, to what works in the Western market as well. Yeah, I mean, but Negoshi-san has always said, we make this game for the Japanese market. And he's absolutely right. They do. They don't They don't build these games with, well, the West might not like that. But, um, you know, that's that's the integrity that they build the games with. And I wouldn't want that any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, but to say that they at least understand the Western perspective better now is is certainly true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe there's also a bigger, you know, um, there's more openness when it comes to the the Western audiences to, you know, the the quirkiness of some of the Japanese games and series and the culture as well. So maybe we we are more open to them as well. So that maybe totally, like yeah, fifty fifty there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is the you know the most recent of the Yakuza games. By the way, and since you'd say you don't influence development in any way, but I, I you're the one I'm talking to, so congratulations on the nomination for uh, <laughs> Game of the Year, right? RPG <laughs> or RPG of the year. RPG of the Year? Yes, thank you. Um, that that that's a big thing, I I think. Huge. Wouldn't you agree? Like. Oh my gosh, it's our first RPG out of the gate and we're up there against Final Fantasy VII and Persona 5 Royal. It's like, no way. I mean, that was that was an incredible accomplishment for us, for the team, for the actors, for everyone involved. You know, you, you when you, you see those credits, I don't think there's a single person on those credits who was who not very incredibly proud just for that nomination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. So congratulations again. <laughs> Thank you. Let's say someone is listening to us, hasn't played any Yakuza game. So I think it's well known that you don't really need to play the the previous games in the series to uh, jump into Yakuza 7 or Yakuza Like a Dragon. It's a, a whole different thing. It's a whole different story in a way. Um, how would you, you know, convince someone who is new to the series and would like to start with this one to jump into it? I mean, if you're a fan of compelling stories and fun gameplay and um <laughs> cutscenes <laughs> and 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 nonsense you know like the the, uh-huh. the the perfect balance between um you know grit and heart then this series this game it doesn't matter which one you play is is a great fit for you you know i mean uh there's there's something to be said about every single one of our of our narratives and and the the characterization and and the way that and the mastery with which they balance that with utter fun that no one else does and i would encourage anyone who has any idea that that sounds like might be up their alley to give it a shot Mm -hmm. yeah but this is certainly different or has different elements to it when it when we compare it to the previous games, right? The fact that it's a, a, a an RPG, right? A JRPG in a way, um, certainly adds something that maybe people who you know never got into Yakuza maybe consider. Maybe, totally. I mean, right? if it being an, being an RPG, not having an action system does make it a little bit more accessible because there's a common perception that in order to play an action game, you have to be good. And you have to know, kind of, you you have to react quickly, and and that's not untrue. Um, but you know, being being an RPG, you get to you get to experience kind of what the Yakuza developers' idea of a Yakuza game as an RPG is, which is um, hopefully opening up the doors a little bit for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the same time, and I'm going to speak from experience, I'm not a very big RPG fan when it comes to JRPGs, turn-based RPGs. So I was, frankly, a little bit scared. <laughs> that you the, are not alone. Yeah. So uh, what would you tell people who are scared about Yakuza 7 or Yakuza Like Dragon being an RPG? 
<laughs> yeah, that's um, that's a common problem. I mean, there's a lot of hardcore fans who have played Yakuza for what is it? We just hit 15 years, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the um, and the expectation that we would continue to use that action system and iterate on it, you know, uh, was there. And for, to kind of pull the rug out and be like, well, now we're an RPG is 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 troubling. I totally get where you're coming from, but I would say that what uh, RGG achieved with Like a Dragon is that the soul of Yakuza is still very much present in this game. There's you still you still absolutely feel like you're playing a Yakuza game, no matter the battle system. And um, critically, I think we've achieved that. That's sort of something that uh, having read reviews and things like that, that feels like sort of the through line that a lot of people were saying is that, you know, wow, despite becoming an RPG, this still feels like everything that they've done and isn't isn't necessarily this um, letdown of, of a new system. And that's been incredibly encouraging to read because I agree. I think that the uh the battle system is still really fun and still really captures the essence of yakuza <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay i i think so too i think so too and it's not really i was you know concerned that it would be very difficult or very boring which is usually my problem with jrpgs and I, I didn't grow up with or playing jrpgs turn-based RPGs. So my problem sometimes is like that that grinding aspect of it, the um, the random encounters, the you know, the, the 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 fact that you have to wait. But in this game it all moves very smoothly, very quickly. Um you can also turn on like the the I can't remember the name of the system, but you can you know um trigger the the, the auto battle. System. Yeah, I mean, there's. Right. They were very conscious of the fact that this that for an action game to become an RPG, it has to feel and move quickly. That between the auto battle, the shortcuts, like you can make battles faster than you used to be able to do it in the previous games. Honestly, I mean, if you yeah. open up with with Jugion's gun move, and then you know Kasuka comes in with this bat, you will clear an encounter in two moves, and that's not that wasn't possible in. Uh, most of the previous Yakuza games, mm -hmm. unless you got a very good heat auction off. But, um, you know, I think that they achieved doing, uh, making the battle still feel very uh, active and uh, engaging. Yes. And the whole craziness of the, the video game aspect of it, right? So how right. certain That's... certain enemies turn into these crazy characters and stuff. Also, yeah, you're never not surprised. You get into a battle and you're like, "Wow, yeah. this is not this is absolute nonsense." The mood, the the look of the enemies, the the moves they're using, the little text <laughs> pop-ups, you know, it's 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 absolute nonsense. Tomfoolery. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so you you actually want to uh, get uh, you know, into battle because you want to see what what that random character that you encounter in the the street will look like, will do, right? In battle. So that actually yeah, yeah. is very engaging. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Were there any, uh, you know, specific challenges uh, regarding the localization process of this game when compared to previous ones? I've noticed that there's, as, with each game, there's more and more dialogue, more and more text. So that's probably one of the, the challenges, right? Yeah, there's just <laughs> the sheer scope and size of these games is massive. Um, you know, being an RPG, it, it, it adds this extra layer too, where because you know, where previously there weren't all these status effects and, um, you know, mm -hmm. so you've got you've got all this text for, hey, this character is now poison, this character remains poison, this character has cleared this poison. Or, you know, then you've got not just one main character, but six party members who all have um, their own unique barks, their own unique uh, jobs and things that they do. And it's just, it's it was, so everything that you've got is multiplied six times over, you know, so it's just, it's massive. Um that's something we weren't prepared for. I think, um, you know, as as Sega, as Atlas, we're we're very much in tune with the JRPG life, and you know, just getting to apply that experience was was pretty cool too. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent, very good. I think it it shows the 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 care that you guys put into localizing these games shows at least for me. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's very good to to be able to play. And I've actually, uh, I don't know if you know this, have people. Uh, been talking about this how many you know in terms of like a percentage of players 
have been using the Japanese voices versus the English voices, for example? Do you know this at all? I don't I don't know it yet for Like a Dragon. Um, but it's been an interesting roller coaster for that because, you know, when we announced the dub, I think a lot of the hardcore fans were like, this is blasphemy. <laughs> 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 um, you know, and we did all the marketing with the dub because we had that kind of confidence in it. And then, you know, mm -hmm. it comes out and people are like, hey, uh, this dub's pretty good. <laughs> which yeah. is the best you can hope for you know i mean it's absolutely fair that you want to play it in japanese you're used to these characters you're used to that that feel and that style and for us to come out and be like well here's an option uh certainly through people for a loop but um the uh the quality of the dub and seeing the the way that people have reacted to that especially some of those ending scenes has been really great for us because it feels it feels validating that it was worth putting in the effort to make it really good mm -hmm. Yeah, I've I've been playing with the English dub, to be honest. Oh, yeah. So yeah, so I I thought about using the Japanese voices because you know tradition. <laughs> yes, that's fair. but but uh, these are new characters, so I thought, well, let's give this a shot, and I'm loving it. So that's awesome yeah. to hear. How far are you? I'm not very far because I keep getting sidetracked. Uh, <laughs> as I always do with Yakuza games. So I, I will try to... Uh, I, I'm trying to record a, a review as well to go along with this interview. Spoilers. Right on. And uh, so I, I'm going to have to actually try to beat the game until next week when this will air. So I want to complete it by then. I'm in Chapter 6 only, and I've been playing Ooh. for a, a while um, but I get sidetracked a lot, as I usually do with all Yakuza games. With all Classic the side Yakuza class. game problem. <laughs> I mean, I, yesterday alone, I think I, I booted up the game. I played for like three hours at night, maybe a little bit less. But my goal was let's, let's advance through the story. Let's complete at least another chapter. And I didn't advance anything at all. I just <laughs> completed a lot of side missions which were very fun, but when I looked at my, my watch, ooh, it's late. I need to go to bed. <laughs> Let's keep yep. this going tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but, but it's great. It's great. So, uh, yes, I'm pretty much enjoying the, the dub and, and everything, the, the whole English package, really. Fantastic. I, I think a, you did a great job. Excellent to hear, because considering the amount of effort that goes into it. Yeah, yeah. Were you involved in the, the the voice acting in any way? Of course, you you write the dialogues, right? You you translate them, you localize them. But were were you involved in like uh, directing any of the voice actors at all? Or we have a studio who does the voice direction, but that's not to say that we weren't there literally managing that process. So I was at the studio every day from well, I don't know for four to five months and. It was a massive undertaking, you know. I mean, we were doing the lips, we were doing we had casting over four hundred unique parts, and you know, it was just uh, <laughs> it was massive, you know. And getting <laughs> getting to work with the voice actors and you know explaining them to their characters and making sure that everything turned out good. That's all on us, you know. Um, and mm -hmm. With obviously with the with the studio uh, being integral to that, so uh, yes, heavily heavily involved in in the voice acting mm -hmm. segment of this of this localization. <laughs> yeah. Were, were did you allow the actors to have some I'm assuming yes because they're actors but did you allow them to get some some sort of freedom to interpret the roles the way they think they would fit the the whole narrative yeah I mean there's a there's a give and take there right where it's like this is how this character you come into that studio with the Japanese voices in your head thinking you're not gonna convert that into English but then it goes through this you know pretty amazing process where the actor says something is like, that's not how I thought it was going to sound, but it's actually pretty good. <laughs> you know, and it's like, suddenly you're like, yeah, let's, let's roll with this. Or actually, you know, you can pull it back and be like, that that's too far away from the, from the mark. We need to, we need to bring this balance and you work with them, you know, and it's mm -hmm. the, 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 the process of creation of that is a really fun, fun thing where you're just figuring out the character and figuring out what they're bringing to the character and uh, kind of allowing that to happen where, like, you know, Keiji, Keiji's Ichiban, I think, is perhaps a little bit more, um, maybe the word is vulnerable, than, mm -hmm. um, than Nakaya's, um, who's just, you know, he's, he's incredibly manly. He's got this, uh, he's got an incredible voice. I, I love his voice. And 
uh, I wasn't prepared for KG to bring this kind of vulnerability to it at times. And that's, um, but I think it absolutely worked. And um, there's, there's this, that's something unique to the, to the way that he acts. And that's, uh, was really cool to see it kind of blossom that way. Yeah. So, sounds a little bit more fun, perhaps more you know, younger in a, in a way, perhaps, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Maybe. That's, that's, maybe. that's an assessment, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So, Scott, uh, we've been talking for a little bit. Uh, I think it's time we take a quick break. But when we come back, I have uh, a proposition for you. Oh, boy. Okay. Looking forward okay. to it. Okay. So, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode of the Sega Lounge is sponsored by PodPage. Let me be frank, I have no web dev skills whatsoever. When I thought of bringing back the Sega Lounge as a podcast earlier this year, I started looking for a way to create a good-looking and functional website for it. I was able to find different options and even some for free, but they either were lacking in features that I wanted to have or were not directly aimed at podcast creators. That's when I heard of PodPage, which was still in its beta stages at that time. Not only was it at its inception already a great way to create and customize a podcast-centric website, but as the weeks went by, new features were added that improved upon the original concept. And the awesome part is it continues to get new features every month. Not only that, but you get top-tier customer service from the creator of PodPage himself. I highly recommend PodPage, and if you're looking for a way to create a professional podcast website, you can check it out by going to thesegalounge.com forward slash podpage. Try it for free with your own podcast by going to thesegalounge.com forward slash podpage. It's that time of year again. Time for Radio Sega's Winterfest. Join the community over the weekend for live shows, giveaways, the best Sega music, and a whole load of fun. For our full programming schedule, check out RadioSega.net. Welcome back. Whoops. Welcome back, Scott. <laughs> Not welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, Scott. Uh, this is the Sega Lounge. We're here with Scott Strickart, uh, the patriarch of the Yakuza series localization family. That's what your Twitter bio reads. So Yeah, that's just me having a little fun with it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think that's a good assessment. The thing is, uh, as I said before we took that break, I have a proposition for you. I'm ready. So whenever people come on the Sega Lounge they have to undertake this Sega Lounge challenge. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge challenge. <laughs> oh no. The thing is, the Sega Lounge Challenge can be anything I want, but I thought, well, since we have the Patriarch with us today, I think it would be only appropriate to have the challenge of the Patriarch. Essence of the Sega Lounge Challenge. Um, I have 10 questions here, Scott. Okay. All you know, in a way, they're all, uh, maybe one is not really, but they're somehow all related to Yakuza. Okay. All right. I feel like I, I should be pretty good at that. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Some are perhaps really, really easy. Some maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Some of them involve music. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so, 10 questions, each one worth one point. Let's see what the patriarch can do. Shall we? Uh, I'm scared. Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> you should be. <clears throat> okay. Let's go with question number one then, Scott. Ready? No. This is a question, a Yakuza question. 
What is the name of Shun Akiyama's secretary and branch Hana. manager of Sky Finance Kamurocho? Your answer is sorry. Hana. Are you sure? Yes. I mean, if, I mean, if you are, okay, we can yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm there. I'm there. Okay, I'm just asking. <laughs> yeah. Final I'm, answer, Hana. Hana. Yes. So, Scott Strickart, your answer is correct. Of course. Of course. Oh man, this is so dramatic. I'm like, yes. could I be wrong? Like you yes. made me, th- you made me double, d- like you made me doubt my own knowledge. I'm like, oh no, did I get that? <laughs> Welcome to the Sega Launch Challenge. Okay, this is tough. Well done, one point. Good job, one for one. That's great. Let's go with number two. Number two is a song. So what I wanted to tell me is not the name of the song or the title or where it plays. I just need the game. All right. Okay. So this is a, a 15, 14 to 15 second long clip. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and just let me know if you can place this in any of the Yakuza games. Let's take a listen. That's the title screen of Yakuza 6. I mean, are you sure? That was I, I think that was you know, too quick. <laughs> you could I'm, be wrong. I'm going to I could be cuz in in truth like a lot of this localization stuff just I I go from one title to the next title to the next title and it blurs in your mind, you know, you're like, <laughs> wow, cuz like in literally the first thing I thought, wait, that could be Kiwami. But then I was like, no, that's 6. So, um I'm going to say six. Yeah? No need to yeah. listen to that again? No? No, I'm good. Let's go with yeah. six. Yes? The answer, the correct answer is, Scott, Yakuza 6. It's the title Woo! screen. I'm yes. two for two. All right. Yes. I'm, not, well I'm not letting down the fans here. You're, you're like, crushing wow. this. You're crushing this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Question number three. This is the one that I say it's, you know, somewhat related to Yakuza because it's about uh, Nagoshi-san. Oh, boy. So I don't know the, his full history, but I'm in. Okay. I, mean, I, th- I think this is not really that hard, but let's, let's take a listen. He's the head of Ryoga Gotoku Studio. I'm not really a Japanese speaker, so let's just say RGG Studio. He has worked on many well-known Sega titles throughout his career. In which of the following was he not involved in any way? Okay, so we're looking for the, the wrong answer. Uh-huh. A, A, Virtual Racing. B, Sonic Adventure 2. C, Binary Domain. Uh, Sonic Adventure 2. So your answer is B, Sonic Adventure 2. Yes. You're, you don't sound that sure of yourself. Right, like I said, I'm not. I'm not like... <laughs> A negotiation historian, but I know that he worked on Daytona, which is leading me to believe that the virtual racing one was probably somewhere along the same lines. And uh, sorry, what was the other answer that you had? A in there? Binary domain. <laughs> binary domain. I know he worked on so because um, that's that's like real RGG hours. So uh, that's Sonic Adventure Two is my process of elimination here. Mm-hmm. Have you played Binary Domain, by the way? I have. It's a great game. Really love it. Yeah, it's very underrated. <laughs> it, it is, it is. A very, very good game. So, the correct answer, Scott, is is not binary domain. No, obviously. It's not virtual racing. It's Sonic Adventure 2. Yes. All right. Good job. Wow. I get to keep my pinky. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Number four, Scott. Number four is another song. Okay? All right. So let's take a listen to another clip. That is Yakuza Zero, without a doubt, hands down. I would never not know where that song comes from. <laughs> is it that obvious? 
Yes. What if it's not? How dare you mess with my mind like this? <laughs> <laughs> it's what I do. It's what I do. It's mandatory. In fact, what's annoying me is that I can't recall the title. That's I'm like, oh, I should do you absolutely know, know the title of that song. Do you know where it plays? For example? No. Um, Does it ring a bell of something in-game? It does. I just, I can't. Why can't I place it? That's that's embarrassing to me that I can't place where that song plays. But I know it is in Yakuza 0, at least. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you the point. Yes, it is Yakuza 0. The song is called Pledge of Demon. Oh my god! Oh my god! So yeah, <laughs> I, could, I think I had rain in my brain, I, and I'm like, "That's not rain," <laughs> and then I just couldn't shake it. But that is that's literally Pledge of Demon. It's one of my favorite boss battle themes ever. That's when yes. we fight Kuze. Yeah. Oh, we fight uh, Kuze. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well done, though. One point. So that's four points so far. Four for four. Amazing. Amazing. Okay, let's take it up a notch with another question. Question number five. In Yakuza 5, what is the title of the first song that Haruka performs in her princessly career? I, Not, have, this is, uh, just, I have sorry, options so, if needed, but... Okay, yes. before, before we go to the options, you're talking about before she becomes Dreamline, right? Yeah, so the first song that she performs... I want to say that's yeah. Konan Janai or So Much More. Mm -hmm. Which is the English version of Konanjana. So we don't need options, or do we need options? I don't know. I'm gonna go with that. I'm I think I think I've got it. That. I think I've got it right. Okay. Do you remember all the songs? No, but that's okay. the. <laughs> that's why the, that? That's... Why, why that one specifically? because uh, if I was if I was gonna make trivia. And I was going to make it not super hard, but also not super easy. That's the song I would pick. <laughs> Are you trying to get inside my brain? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it to me, man. It's only fair. <laughs> okay. So there, there's another one called Because I Have You. Uh-huh. This was part of the options. By the I way, the, the options were A, so much more. B, get to the top. C, because oh. I have you. So, I see. are you still going with so much more? Uh, now I'm doubting that because it might have been toward the end that she got so much that she went to so much more. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to double down on it. Let's go. Hmm. Okay, Scott. Yeah. B, get to the top is not. The correct answer. It's not, even, it's not even a Haruka song. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the, the the ultimate version is the Majima version from that song. Yes. Um, so much more, and because I have you, are both Haruka songs. Mm -hmm. The correct answer for the first one was ah, uh, so much more. Yes, well done. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, good job. You, you deserve to be on the game show, man. You would get. <laughs> You would get be perfect. You have me on pins and needles about my own my own knowledge. I, I've been doing this for a while now. Yes. I've perfected the art of the mind games. Okay. Get out of here, Regis. This man deserves your job. Okay. Let's go with number six. You're you're crushing this. This is absolutely amazing. Uh so five points so far, only five more questions to go. Number six is another song. Okay. Let's take a listen to this short clip. Oh, this might be my first disaster. Um, this is probably the hardest one. Okay, I know I've heard it. Now, hold on, give me... You, you just need the give, game, so... Yep, yeah. give me some time to sort this out in my brain. I, I can also play it again if you want. Okay, no, I, I know I know. I, the song is incredibly familiar to me. I just, like I said, the, there's this blur in my brain of when when I worked on what games. <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't... You're not playing one of those ones that, that they use in multiple games, are you? No, no. This okay. is specific to one game. Okay. 
Should I play it again? No, no, no. I know exactly no? where no. what song it is. Um, is it Kiwami 2? That's, I'm going to go with Kiwami 2, and this is probably going to be my first wrong answer. Why, by the way? I think I think it um, sounds like one of those ones, like, I'm thinking that it's a Majima Construction-ish, uh, like, setup song. Uh, and if not, if, it, then if I'm wrong, it could actually be Yakuza 6's Clan Creator setup song. Um, mm-hmm. But you've already used Yakuza 6, so I'm going to go with Kiwami 2. So, uh, last chance. Do you want me to play it again? No? Are nope, we going nope, with I know it? the song. I'm going to lock it song. in. Yes? Mm-hmm. So, your answer is Yakuza Kiwami 2, right? Yeah. Okay. When I tell you what the track is or where it's from, you'll know the game right away. Uh-huh. Your answer is, though... Incorrect. No! No! This is Dragon Cart. Oh! It's a, I knew it was a setup song. I knew it was something where you're like literally setting things up and... Oh, Yakuza like a dragon. Yakuza like yes. a dragon. Yakuza yeah, like a dragon. Ah! Oh, but no, no worries. No worries. Still uh, five points in, you know, so doing great when we have three, four, four more questions to go. Let's go with number seven. Okay, it's a question again. Yakuza Zero. So you got this. In Yakuza Zero, we meet a female character who turns out to be Tachibana's sister. What's her Uh name? That's a giant spoiler, man. That's a giant spoiler. I'm I'm assuming people have played this already. (laughs) If if not, forget what you just heard. (laughs) She is not Tachibana's Uh, sister. I'm kidding. Uh, uh, that's Makoto. Hmm. For sure. Yeah. Don't even play the mind games. We know we're nowhere there. Th- this one, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just going to say it's correct and move on. Yes. <laughs> well done. Good job. Good job. Okay. And forget about the spoilers. You, you hear, you heard nothing. Okay. Question number eight. The last song. All right. I don't think this is. I think this is the easiest one. Okay. All right. Let's take a listen. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> All rise. <laughs> I actually, uh, we did the English lyrics for that song on a on a trailer for Kiwami Two. Yes. So I know exactly what song that is. That is. Um, the Majima Construction Anthem, which is present in Yakuza Kiwami 2, but also if you buy the Yakuza, Kiwami, the Yakuza Like a Dragon uh, karaoke DLC, you can play it in your jukebox and survive. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're right. What can I say? Good job. That's another point for you, which means seven points, seven points, with two more questions to go. Let's see if we get, can get nine, right? I think right. we can. I think we can. I think so. We've got this. Question. So next two are questions. So number nine. Which of the following is not a playable character in Yakuza Dead Souls? Option A. Shun Akiyama. B. Ryuji Goda. C. Taiga Sajima. So not Ah, a playable character. That's Sajima. In Yakuza Dead Souls... Akiyama is playable, but Saijima is not. Are you sure? Yes. Final answer. Totally final answer. Totally final final answer. Yeah. Mm. Scott Streetcart, your answer is absolutely correct. Of course. Thank you. Thank yes, you. yes, of course. Okay. And I've never even, I have an admission to make. I've never played Dead Souls. I have it. I just, because it was not canon, uh, mm-hmm. I skipped it and I need to absolutely go back and do that. But I've just never found the time. This is, uh, Dead Souls was the first game I've played in the series, believe it or not. And you stuck around. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because, because they mention people and things. I, I, I was laughing all the way through. And then I I, th- I thought, 
I need to, you know, check out the rest of the series. And I went with four, which was available at the time. See, that's the right attitude for playing Dead Souls. You just got to go and expecting the fun and not take it too seriously. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Final question. This is, I think, the hardest one. But, you know, you're the patriarch, patriarch, so maybe you'll just think this is too easy. So question number 10. Scott, are you ready? <laughs> I am. Are you ready? Okay. In Yakuza and Yakuza Kiwami, we learn that the florist's son is involved with a girl who also happens to be the daughter of the head of the Atobi family. Yes. What do you think the question is? Are you going to ask his name? Whose name? The, the head the of the Atobe family? Or the Atobe family patriarch. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the question is, what is the name of the girl? What is the girl's <laughs> name? <laughs> I have three <gasps> options if you need them. Oh, you have options? Yes, I please. Have, I, I need have them options. for this one. Okay. I'll know it if I hear it. Option A, Kiyoka. Option B, Akemi. Option C, Mariko. Kyoka. Why? Because uh, I localized that game and I remember it. <laughs> so you're saying Akemi and Mariko aren't names? Akemi is a different character. Uh, I don't remember who Mariko is, but not her. You, you sound pretty sure of yourself. I'm you know? pretty sure. Yeah. You're pretty sure. So is there any way I could make you change your mind? No, I want that point, man. <laughs> what if you're wrong? And well, I'm then helping. I don't get the point. I could be helping. You, you, you have proven throughout these 10 questions you are not helping. <laughs> <laughs> Your answer, Scott Strickart for glory, is correct, of course. Yes. Kyoka. So that makes it nine points. Amazing, amazing. Good job. If only... We didn't have that um, dragon cart song there. Uh, we would have gotten a perfect score. That's, and I have to uh, say, I'm, I'm still sitting around. But I have, I, I have to <laughs> say that that this is a very good, very good score, considering you know the our history. So well done. <laughs> that means you get the official something. I will send to you uh, via DM uh, the official Sega Lounge seal of approval. It's a, a real thing that you got there right now on your Twitter DM. So. Uh Enjoy. Excellent. I will post okay. it shortly. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is our our seal of approval. Okay, Scott. Thank you very much. Uh, you've been a great sport. Um, I I only have a couple more questions. Uh, one of yeah. them being, uh, we we've just heard last night uh, an announcement uh, regarding uh, Yakuza Remastered Collection coming to Xbox and. Game Pass and whatnot. Um, how excited are you to maybe you know have you know, more people enjoying the game and new people actually being able to you know try these games for the first time? Totally. I mean, we left them off on Kiwami too, and we're like, okay, now you, you know that's not the end of the, of the series, you know. And so, um, which is which is funny because you know in the actual release order, six came before Kiwami too, but you can tell that we were. <laughs> trying to do it upright by making sure that you played it in order and, you know, putting out the, um, putting them out in, in release order. So getting the remasters out was so key to being able to finish the franchise and then throwing six in there at the end is, is awesome. So you'll finally be able to play the whole Kiryu Saga on, um, the other platforms, which is amazing. And, uh, you know, if you've, if you've been sitting through having done Kiwami 2 and you're like ready for the next bit, like, man, here it is. Uh, you're in for some fun. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Very good, very good news that we got yesterday. Uh, if if you know you have an Xbox and you have Game Pass and whatnot, you or a PC, you can also now um, explore the world of Yakuza, you know, from start to finish. Okay, finish the saga. Finish the saga exactly. Um, okay, another another question. When are we getting Ishin? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I'm not oh. going to ask you that question. <laughs> no, the actual final question is the same that I asked all my guests. Um, are you familiar with the concept of blast processing? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. the number one driver of the Genesis, I believe. It's, it's, um... Exactly. 
exactly. <laughs> it made it more powerful than the competition. Yeah, absolutely. We do so what Nintendo don't. Exactly. <laughs> so the, the question <laughs> is, if you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an incredible question, man, to, to close this out on. Um, anything, anything uh, in the world, anything or anyone. I would add it to my house. I don't know what it would do per se, but... <laughs> To live with blast processing <laughs> would be like the Kiwami lifestyle. That would just be, that would be extreme. That would be <laughs> extreme. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's awesome. So like maybe like make it a, a, an even smarter home? If it's a smart home, it would be smarter with blast processing. If I could cook <laughs> with blast processing, if I could have blast processing in my fridge, like there's just a million places in a home that could benefit from blast processing. That's amazing. That's amazing. That, that's one of the best answers yet. Awesome. Okay. So, um, you know, the future of maybe Majima construction, building houses with blast processing. Who knows? Oh, man. <laughs> He would absolutely. <laughs> okay, Scott, thank you very much for coming on the Sega Lounge. Um, I had a really good time. Thank you for your hey, man, time. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Again, congrats on the nomination and you know the success of the series, which I, I think has been growing its fan base in the West, which is awesome. Um, and we're waiting for that cologne as well, by the way. So <laughs> hopefully yes. soon. We absolutely all need to smell like Yakuza characters, a mix of citrus and sweat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. My thanks to Scott Strickart for coming on the show and being such a great guest. Really enjoyed recording this one. I would also like to thank the lovely Sarah Wellock of Sega of Europe and Aaron Williams of 47 for their help in setting this up. And since we're on the subject of Yakuza, I have another bit of news for you. Remember that bonus episode I promised earlier? Well, it's about time I posted my review of Yakuza Like a Dragon, wouldn't you say? As I mentioned during my chat with Scott, It's very hard to review a Yakuza game when you're a fan because you can easily get sidetracked and waste a lot of time doing side missions and playing minigames. Although, it's not really wasted if you're having fun, right? Anyway, the point is, it took me longer than I expected to actually be able to do a proper review of the game. But it's finally time to share my thoughts on the game with everyone, so expect a review to drop as a bonus episode on thesegalounge.com and your podcast service of choice during the weekend. I have a lot to talk about, but I'll try to keep it as straightforward as humanly possible. And, as you know, there's only one full episode of the show left. My next and final guest of the season is Tom Campbell, who's putting together an audio documentary series dedicated to Sonic the Hedgehog as a way to celebrate the Blue Blur's 30th anniversary next year. You'll be able to learn more about Tom and his mad radio skills on Monday the 21st at 6pm GMT during Radio Sega's Winterfest. Of course, the full episode will be available in podcast form after the preview airs, so sometime on Monday evening GMT. I hope you're looking forward to it. Thanks for listening, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you're just learning about this podcast, feel free to subscribe and go back and listen to all the amazing interviews we had this season. If you love the Sega Lounge, it would really mean a lot if you could spend a few seconds of your time reviewing and rating the show on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or your podcast service of choice. Thanks again for listening, stay safe out there, have fun, and I'll see you all next time. Bye bye The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Follow us on Twitter at thesegalounge and like us at facebook.com 
slash The Sega Lounge. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.